Hey Key Change listeners, we thought we'd jump into your feed to give you a taste of something else we've been working on. It's called Prism, and it's a podcast we've been producing in partnership with the Pennsylvania Council on the Arts. In each episode, we speak to two people and then put them in conversation with each other. The first episode covered small town artists. The second discussed the video gaming industry in Pennsylvania. And this third episode is about immigrant artists. It's been really fun, and we think you guys would love it. So here's that third episode. We hope that if you enjoy it, you'll go back and check out the other two and subscribe in Prism's feed. Thanks. Hi, everyone. I'm Lee Stabert, Editor-in-Chief of Keystone Edge. Welcome back to PRISM, a podcast series produced in partnership with the Pennsylvania Council on the Arts. The goal of these conversations is to shine a light on the power of creativity in PA communities. In this episode, we're talking about immigrants, artists who came from abroad to make the Commonwealth their home. Through their work, they are enriching their communities and adding to the state's bounty of public art. Chen Ling Kai came to Philadelphia for a master's degree, A muralist back in Beijing, his colorful new city was a perfect match for his talents. Our other guest, Freddie Human Malki, who you'll hear from first, is a master woodcarver whose personal life brought him from Peru to Erie. He takes a multi-pronged approach to his artistic practice, restoration, education, and creation. My name is Freddy Waman Malki, and I live in Erie, Pennsylvania, and I moved to United States from uh, Peru in the spring of 2012. I trained a uh, classical woodcarver, and I am also a trained um, uh, fine art uh, conservator, and I also do uh, sculptural large-scale large uh, carving pieces. So what brought you to the United States and what brought you to Erie specifically? The reason is the love. My, my, my wife is, is from Erie originally. So we moved uh, for that reason. So what did you think of Erie when you first got here? My first reaction when I came to Erie, uh, well, it was, uh, where is the people? Because uh, I, uh, it was pretty difficult for me to, to come a different place. And uh, from, like from Peru, you, you see you know, crowded uh, streets. And in Erie, it was such a, you know, that the, the different, the country. How did you connect with artistic opportunities and work um, once you got to the United States, you know, dealing with a whole new infrastructure, a whole new culture? Well, I would say it was a pretty big transition, a pretty big, um, uh, difficult time for me, especially during the two, first two or three years because of the lack of uh, communication. I, I never spoke uh, any English before I came to United States. So I don't know what I was thinking before I, I came. Did you take English go classes? Ahead. How did you go about developing those skills? Well, yes, I, I took uh, some English uh, classes uh, at a place that is called uh, Multicultural Resource Centers. And, uh, and then I took for um, three or two months, I think. But then I, I realized I'm not, uh, I wasn't learning uh, too much. So I just decided to leave this place and basically start to talking with, with people on the streets and, and interacting and then um, and trying to find uh, opportunities, which it was, it is still difficult uh, here. You say it's difficult and you can talk about those challenges. But can you also talk about some of the opportunities that you have had um, either in Erie or in the region generally, or just in the United States to um, practice your work and, and were there any 
sort of opportunities or things that came along that really changed things for you and enabled you to kind of get things going? I think now Erie, it's it's a more welcoming uh, city for, for artists. It's getting, uh, it's getting more, uh, I would say, uh, more attractive because uh, for the diversity also of, of different artists who are coming from from different places and like like myself, I try to focus on developing and consolidating my three professional realms, which is the classical wood carving, and then large scale contemporary pieces, and then um, teaching wood carving. I saw that you've gotten involved in some public art projects in Erie. Can you talk a little bit about that? Erie, like I was telling before, uh, pretty uh, welcoming uh, for artists. Erie Arts and Culture right now it's doing a great job on working with local artists and with the community, especially. I would say thanks to like the executive director Patrick Fisher, who is doing a great job of uh, networking with uh, community and artists. Last year, for example, we work. Uh, uh, on a project that the title of our project was called Sitting Community. It's it's a, it's in collaboration with, like I said, Erie Arts and Culture, and um, and uh, other two artists trying to make a bike corridor. At the conclusion of our project, we did um, a sculptural piece, uh, basically made by bicycle pieces uh, like rims and then we welded it together and we created a large-scale uh, sculpture the size of this piece is uh, 15 uh, feet in diameter and it is installed on the um, between the 19th street and french streets and in erie Freddie, I'm realizing that I never asked you how you started wood carving. That's a great question. I'm always excited to share this story. And I started as an apprentice. Uh, I think this is still uh, you can find in many other countries, especially like Europe or uh, I'm sure also in, in Asia and South America. It's like, for example, wood carving, it's passed through into the family. It's like a fam uh, familiar tradition. So unfortunately, I don't come from a familiar tradition of wood carvers. So, but in my city, it, it is pretty known for its craftsmanship. And in Peru, Ayacucho, it's the, the name of my city. I always was like um, amazed of, of, the, of this Baroque, these pretty uh, ornate altarpieces in these Catholic churches from the colonial period. So, in uh, amaze of who could, who did these, you know, these carvings, how they made it. So, I realized that there are there were still people who does uh, this type of uh, or, ornate carvings in my city. So I went and I, and I asked him if I can be an apprentice. But like I said, if you're not from the family, it's pretty difficult to be accepted. And but finally, I was accepted, and I started my training at the age of uh, nine. Uh, yeah, nine years old. Nine years old. <laughs> yeah, that, nine that's years an old. Interesting cultural difference. Like you know, in the United States, we don't do anything at nine years old except for like play t-ball or you know, I don't know. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, nine years old. But at nine years old, I was already start uh, like carving. I start like like the boy you know who cleans the the, the studio. The boy who you know puts all um, in order the wood and who cleans the, 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 the workshop 
after maybe a year or a year and a half after doing this, then the master allowed me to, to use his carving tools. But it was pretty painful. Who can take seriously a, a poor boy who wants to learn wood carving? It's, 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 it's a pretty slow process of learning, but it was amazing. So now I would say I'm pretty glad that I choose that path and now I can share what I had been learning during these almost 30, know, 30 more years working in this amazing profession. My name is Chen Lin Tsai. I came from China and uh, currently I live in Philadelphia. I came to Philadelphia 2014 and to study for my second master degree of fine arts. And I studied in Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts. And after that, I graduate and I feel Philadelphia is a nice city for me to live and to continue to work with my art. So I decided to stay here and uh, continue to make my art, not just for making work for the exhibition. Also, I you know, participate in multiple mural projects in Philadelphia region, including New York. How did you, moving here from China, go about building community and finding people to work with, you know, especially doing things like murals? I think they're very collaborative. Before I came here, I'm already a mural artist in China, especially in Beijing uh, capital. When I came here, I have no any uh, other friends here. And as a Chinese people, Chinatown is a good region for me to start with a uh, you know, first connection. When I came here, came to Philadelphia, I I I knew Philadelphia is a you know, city of mural, you know, famous by the two two to three thousand murals in different area of the, this city. But I. The more I get to know about Philadelphia, even though this city has more than 2,000 murals of different kinds of themes, and there's not much mural about the Asian culture or Asian community. In Chinatown region, just have three murals, and one of the murals is already covered by the you know, building construction a few years ago, and the other mural will go gone soon. I, you know, I'm good at you know, making art, you know, painting, and especially murals. Uh, a public art can communicate with the community people and it's different with the studio art in the gallery. So my strategy is to start to know the people here and introduce them. I can do mural and why don't you, no, just try to kind of introduce, recommend myself to them and then can I make a mural for you? Yep. And then can make a mural to decorate your like business, your restaurant. The more I make my mural, the more people know about me. Are you surprised that you ended up living abroad or is it always something that you wanted to do? When I came to here, the living style or the environment, the political environment is totally different with my country. Uh, to be honest, uh, here in Philadelphia, you know, this city made me feel, you know, quite comfortable here people respect you respect your opinion and then especially they respect you your art and then you can I can use my art to you know express my voice my thinking so that's a reason why after I graduate I decide to stay here uh, for no no for longer term than living and it's a good city people here is friendly I like it if someone who lives in Philadelphia wanted to go see your work is there anywhere in particular you would point them to Currently, I'm working with the Philadelphia Chinatown Development Corporation for the 20, uh, 15 floors high murals in China, in center of the Chinatown. So the, if you go to Chinatown, I have my murals on the ground 
the that there's a plaza called uh, 10th Street Plaza. That's on 10th Street and Vice Street. The mirrors will uh, you know, start from the sixth floor of the building to the 20th floor. So that one is really big, and you can see it from the highway, and. <laughs> And of course, I have more murals in Chinatown region, of, of, uh, in, also in Old City, Philadelphia, in um, West Philly, in different kind of you know, you know, venues. You know. Mostly the restaurant, because uh, you know, restaurant people, they want to use murals to decorate you know, their environment. And then I'm not simply making murals just decorate for decoration. I also told the business owner, I want to make a mural to tell about your story. So for example, like, the mural creator for a restaurant in Chinatown. Uh, the owner, he's the captain of Chinatown Dragon Ball team. So I create a mural to you know, depict the Dragon Ball team, how they you know, rolling the Dragon Ball. And then in Chi in Chinese culture, especially like you know East Asian and Southeast Asian, Dragon Ball team is a symbol of the you know, un unity people just fighting together for a better life. You're listening to Prism on Keystone Edge in partnership with the Pennsylvania Council on the Arts, which believes that building stronger communities takes creativity. Learn more about how the Council supports Pennsylvania's diverse creative sector at arts.pa.gov. And we're back with Freddie and Chen Lin. Both of you are fine artists as well as commercial artists. Can you talk a little bit about balancing those two sides of your practice? To me, the list is not a problem. So to me, the commercial art practice is totally different. Uh, when I'm making my art in my studio and then prepare for the exhibition, I'm creating uh, art to express my own thinking, you know, my expression of my inner voice. And when I'm making the commercial art, like a community art project, like murals, it's more like, a, you know, I'm making an artwork to say the story about the people it represent or to say the story about the place it represent so it's totally different i, I want to say i can balance them quite well and any any artwork make it for the community of make it for the commercial just can i have to think about how people they read it right how people they react to this and how can my art make the people or invoke they have the, the belonging to this artwork right so for example the mirrors tell the story for the community the community need, need to recognize it can accept it but you are not creating my own studio work i just saying that's my true thinking my own voice and, and then i want people to see who i am so america is a place filled with immigrants it is also a place i think with a really complicated relationship towards immigrants especially in recent years um, if you guys are willing i'd love you to talk maybe about some challenges you faced being um, an immigrant artist being a new american artist to me, my challenge mostly is from the language barrel because so, uh, I, I, my English poor, was poor when I came here. Now it's, uh, even now my English is so poor, but I'm, I'm just you know, don't hesitate to use my poor English to introduce myself and introduce my art. But of course, for communication, sometimes the language is you know, kind of a little bit you know, challenge to me if I want to communicate that some my idea, my thinking much more you know deeper and then. This is the, the one challenge. Another challenge, probably recently, that like like past the past year, last year, we have the anti Asian hate. So that probably is some issue. People were just you know, 
feel not comfortable, especially you you are Asian, right? And just in this society, start to feel unsafe. But to me, I'm 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 a guy quite positive and quite optimistic. Bad things happen. It just just like the or the any society, any country have the bad guys. We just cannot just you know quit or just step back because of this you know bad things happen. To me, I will try my best to overcome and then try my best to use my art. If people don't understand you, okay, just express your own voice out. Let them hear you. I agree with with uh, Qingling in in that way that uh, the language barrier uh, was my only, um, I would say, experience on uh, on that issue. Otherwise, I I never experienced any like circumstances that I was feel you know discriminated and. And yeah, nothing like that. Thankfully, you know, my, my circle is, is uh, with artists, with uh, with clients, with people who are who I, I guess understands, uh, you know, other realities, I, I would say. Sometimes I just forget that I I'm in United States because I I pass my time in my studio, in my in my workshop and I'm like pretty concentrated on my work. I don't always think on like where I am. I was wondering if either of you, after having this conversation, have any questions for each other about your experiences or your work um, or what it's like to be an artist here in Pennsylvania. Qingling, when you do like community uh, art, how do you engage with with the community when you do that? Uh, do you have a special uh, technique? My strategy is when I start to do some, you know, project for the community, right? Especially you know, some of the community, they have some of the business, not just Chinatown, also for like South Philly, like the Southeast Asian community. I will visit their store, or the, the community, different store to working to talk to them very briefly to introduce who I am and what project I'm, I, I were working for. And then I... In my project, I will have some like you know community event or the, some art workshop for invite the community member or the teenagers or the kids to to come to participate and then contribute their thinking their thoughts about the the work I will create for them. So making them feel a little bit that make a sense of belonging. They are they are a person who can who can decide what kind of art what art can be shown shown in their community. So this is my strategy to build up the trust between the me and the community members. Anything else either of you would like to mention before we finish our conversation? I'm commissioned to do um, a series of uh, sculptures at the new terminal of the International Airport. And, and this is a uh, public art, uh, which is going to be finished by the 2024. This is going to be on the carousel baggage claim area. Yes, Freddie was being intentionally vague. He is not yet allowed to disclose the exact international airport where this project is taking place, but it is in Pennsylvania. And there's something beautiful about the idea of the next wave of immigrant artists seeing his work when they first land in their new country. Well, that's it for this episode of PRISM. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have any thoughts or reactions to this episode, 
please reach out to us via our website, keystoneedge.com, or via our social channels. The best ones are Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Until next time, thanks. Thanks.